Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. I'm your host, Jody Krangle, and this podcast will discuss just how sound influences our behavior. I generally talk about this in the context of advertising and marketing, but there are other places this is important too. I really feel that it plays a much more important role in our lives than maybe we realize. So let's delve a little deeper. This is the second part of my interview with Maury Zalkovich. How does sound play into this? Because uh, you're hearing all of these tones through sound, right? No, like you're it's... actually not hearing anything. You're not hearing anything. You, okay, no you're, one what, in the you... history of the universe. Actually, mm-hmm. I can't speak for the universe, but I can speak for our planet. <laughs> okay. Uh, no one has ever heard anything. No one ever will hear anything. Okay, so what are we? Yeah, we experience what are we vibration. We experience okay. vibration yes. and the vibration gets picked up by structures in your ear and then transferred to the auditory nerve to various parts of the brain. Mm-hmm. The brain interprets the vibration as sound. If people are listening to us talking right now mm-hmm. and they had the ability to record inside of them what we sound like, every single person's representation of your voice and my voice will be slightly different. Yeah, that's really fascinating. And there's a filter through the microphone too. Right. But everybody's getting vibration Mm -hmm. and their own brain will put their own little tweak, if you will, their own little nuance on your voice and on my voice. So some people will go, oh boy, she's got a really nice voice. I love her voice. And then the friend next to her who's listening will say, oh, you know what? I agree with you. She's got a terrific voice. And yet if you could hear how your voice sounds here, yeah. let's call it perceive. They'd be getting different vibrations. That, yeah. Well, they're getting the yeah. same vibrations, but their brain will process it slightly differently. Yes. Okay. So, you know, that's just how it is. So you don't actually hear anything. It's all vibration. That's why I have clients who will listen to some of my recordings and they'll ask me why they're not really getting results. And often it comes down to they're using earbuds. Oh, okay. As opposed to over the ear headphones. So it's not as good a quality vibration. <laughs> That's it, exactly. The sound okay. quality might be phenomenal. The way your brain interprets music or jazz or classical or rock mm-hmm. or hip hop yep. or whatever you like listening to. But in ultimately, what it really comes down to is that the vibratory pattern or power, if you will, you know, elicited by a little pinhead surface <laughs> just can't match with the headphones we're currently wearing that might have something the size of our palm that's vibrating mm-hmm. much more powerful. That's also why stereo headphones should be used for my work anyway, because the closer to your ear, the more pure and clean the power is. So you get a much cleaner, much better effect. I see. What are you working on now as far as the new uh, vibrations, I guess. <laughs> That's actually very well put. I'm actually reverse engineering some nature. Okay. I can't really get into, uh, people may have heard of bowls. You know, they, these copper and brass bowls that you see, they, people hold or they put in their lap and they tap them or they can run the, a wood, usually it's a piece of a wooden stick with a piece of felt on the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it makes all these cool sounds. So mm-hmm. I was contacted by someone in the UK who uh, has been studying these things and he sees a lot of power in them, the ability to affect mood and things like that. That's definitely and, a vibration when you oh, think no about kidding. it. Oh, no yeah. kidding. Oh, that's a major vibration. <laughs> and he asked me if there's any way that I could, you know, reverse engineer this thing and create a digital copy, if you will, Mm -hmm. that's pure without artifacts that could even be more powerful than the bowl itself. And I said, sure. 
Of course, I had no idea whether I could or couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I find that when I commit to something, then I find a way. And about, believe it or not, it took me about 20 minutes and I had already come up with something stronger than the bowl. Wow. So we're actually testing that now with people because it's being tested for to help people like with OCD and post-traumatic stress disorder and things like that. So the vibrations help people concentrate? Is that what you're... It helps a lot more than just concentrate. It, okay. it reorganizes the way the brain functions. Okay, interesting. Because the brain is dealing with a special kind. Like, I'm not going to get into what I discovered. Yeah, sure. But, you know, I'm not going to give away my... my <laughs> don't give away know, your secret sauce. Yeah. That's right. No secret <laughs> sauce. Sorry. I don't even use secret sauce. Don't even think about it. <laughs> but, but basically, that's what happens. So there's something that's going on. But the thing, problem with a bowl is it's a very limited presentation because mm-hmm. the vibration... It starts off really strong. The frequency mutates a little bit. It gets into its prime sound, but that prime sound doesn't last very long. Does it depend on the size of the bowl? Well, the frequency, that all depends. But in any case, it doesn't last long. They have to keep hitting it over to start it again. And that kind of creates a break in the action. The brain always does better following things that are stable. Mm -hmm. So the minute you have to keep hitting it over and over again, you're kind of jarring them out of the state they're in to get them back into it again. It's kind of counterproductive. So I figured out a way to avoid all of that. And just before we were doing our chat, actually, I ran one of my test recordings and it just blows me away, you know, because it, actually it's funny. I've got about 18 different things I'm working on concurrently, maybe two or three new products. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them are stimulation formats and methodologies. And one of the methodologies that I discovered when I was examining the bulls is actually something I had theorized about 10 years ago. And I just haven't had a chance to do anything with it yet. Now's your chance. Well, actually I did. That's why it took me only 20 minutes really to figure it out. Okay. You because I saw sort of connection. figured it out. Yeah. Well, yeah okay. I had already figured it yeah. out. I just didn't know how I would apply it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now I know how to apply it. <laughs> so it was like, okay, you know, tab A, flap B, sure. perfect fit, <laughs> you know, and, and it's just amazing. You know, mm-hmm. when you, when you feel the, the body and the mind just in perfect synchronization and you just are an observer. You know, I've been doing, maybe it's because I've done this for so long, Mm -hmm. but I think it's just because of the state that you go into, you kind of become an observer without realizing you're observing. And because of that, Mm -hmm. life is a very different experience when you become an observer as opposed to someone who's just acting or reacting as opposed to watching yourself act and react. Very true. And it leads into exactly what I want to ask you about now. And that is, how is your life now after you've entrained yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I went from being someone who saw the darkest of dark all the time, and that would be my version of a sunny day, and wanted to be dead, and wanted to just have it end already, to someone who wants to live forever. I just, you know, if I had a chance to be 20 years old or 25 years old again, I would say, pass, give it to someone else. I'm not interested. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in less physical pain than I was when I was 25. I'm in far less psychological and emotional pain than I was. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm so much happier than I was. I am, you know, when I was back in that state, I read a lot of comics because you find, at least in my case, it was a part of a release because when you feel so powerless, 
right? You get to fantasize that I'm Spider-Man and Superman <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and I'm not, of course, <laughs> but you get to fantasize, well, for yeah. the 20 minutes it takes you to read a comic book, right? Uh-huh. So I read a lot of comics myself. So there I get you it. go. Well, for <laughs> yeah. me, that was the whole point. The whole point was for me to actually be able to uh, imagine that I had power because I had no power, or at least I assumed I had no power. I felt like I had no power. And the beautiful thing was that now, in a way, I kind of am a superhero. <laughs> I can't deflect bullets. Uh huh. Right? Yeah. And I can't fly. Yep. But interestingly enough, I have people sending me emails all the time, calling me all the time, thanking me for my work. Mm-hmm. To me, that is the best kind of superhero because my work really doesn't, I mean, it's not me. I made a tool. If someone chooses to use it and use it properly, it's all them. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest lesson I learned for myself, that I had to heal myself. I had to make myself better. And by virtue of that, I realized that if I'm going to create products for others now, because remember, originally I did this all for myself. It was very sure, selfish, yeah. right? Well, we got to experiment on ourselves, right? <laughs> sure. Well, exactly, yeah. right? How you do know, you find the right doctor. mix? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So you have to try it on somebody, mm-hmm. right? So once I figured it out for myself and I realized everybody else has a brain too, then- One would hope. <laughs> you hope, yeah. Well, functioning brain yeah. anyway, I hope. There's two different- <laughs> I think most yeah. of us have brains. There, yeah, there's a whole category yeah. between functioning and non-functioning. <laughs> but mine would have been the ultimate in the non-functioning or at least the poorly functioning. You know, I, I realized that whatever I create for others has to be like my own philosophy for myself. I can't worry about having that ego of being a superhero where I fly in and I save the day and everybody goes, Ooh, it's Maury, Super Maury. Yeah. Oh, isn't he wonderful? Blah, blah, blah. Super you Maury. Know, that's, how I, yeah, that's how I wanted it to be yeah, in the beginning, sure. right? That's how I wanted it in the beginning. I wanted it to be Super Maury. I wanted everyone to think I was wonderful. And now I realize that, and, and for a long time now, <laughs> I've realized that that isn't what makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. What makes me feel good is knowing I made a tool, but that tool is totally useless unless somebody helps themselves by using it properly. Sure. And that's what makes me feel good. That in a thousand years, I don't care if anyone knows who I am or remembers who I am. I really don't. But it would be really nice to, for me to think, it is very nice for me to think that in a thousand years, there's going to be some form of what I have created to help the brain and help the mind. It hopefully evolved. Yeah. So other people will take what I've done, just like I took what other people did and made it a lot better. I like to think that in a thousand years, my work in some form will still be there, but it'll be made a lot better by other people who have evolved it as well. Because I think that's the human condition, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if things stay, I said this before, if things stay stagnant and they don't change, then I don't think they apply anymore. You got to really be leery of them because that's being closed-minded, right? Every I've improved on a ton of things. And I have no problem admitting that. And I also have no problem admitting that I guarantee you someone is going to take my work and make it a lot better than it is. <laughs> sure. As we learn more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. All about the learning. And that's, yeah. and that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. So that's how I get to be a superhero. Now I get to be the guy who designed the hammer. Do you know who designed the hammer? I have no idea. Right. But you're grateful you have one often, right? <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same thing what, like a screwdriver. <laughs> I don't know. That's right. <laughs> but that's my point, uh-huh. right? You don't know who invented paint, but paint is a wonderful thing too. You don't know who invented light. Yeah. Well. 
well, not off, God, yeah. people will say invented not light, off right? the top of my light, head. But, yeah, <laughs> a lot right. of these things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. you don't know who invented your hair color either. So, no, and you know, I don't think I right? want to know who did that. <laughs> That's right. It's <laughs> okay. But the, my but my point is yeah. that we don't know who did, made a lot of things, but we still use them. And and if we bothered to stop for a second, we'd be grateful for them too. Yes. But that being said, if you don't use it, whatever that was invented by me, you, by anybody, is totally useless. But the beautiful thing is, as soon as you do use it properly, and it is no longer useless, it's actually you who deserves all the credit. <laughs> because without you, and that's how I design all my products too, they're designed with components. And they're all designed around the most important component, which I have no control over, which is the end user. Sure. Yeah. Because it's all about you. It has nothing to do with me. If you want to be grateful for me for creating this or grateful to the guy who made this, the screwdriver, do that. Definitely do that. Gratitude is a wonderful thing. It's empowering. It's beautiful. But in the end, put yourself at the top of the list to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. You're the one who listened to the talk. You're the one who resonated with something. You're the one who got something. You're the one who's using it. And by the way, you made all those choices. Without those choices, there's no power in anything. Yeah. So it's always you. Don't the minute someone starts telling you I'm a guru, I know what your problem is. <laughs> yeah. I know how to solve your problem. Follow me, my sheep. Right? <laughs> okay. Then run for the hills. Mm -hmm. There is no even the biggest names in self-improvement, okay? And I won't mention who they are because everyone knows who they are. These people can only be experts in themselves. It is impossible. It is a physiological, a physical impossibility for anyone to be an expert in anyone, except maybe, maybe, not necessarily, but maybe themselves. Yeah. So when you, if you've tried a lot of self-help and a lot of this and a lot of that in the past and found you get limited or no results, it's probably because of your attitude. And I really think that all of us self-helpy kind of people should have a little addendum on the end or the beginning of everything we do, every course we offer, every you know getaway we plan, every recording we make, every system we create, and it should say, look, I have an understanding that I want to share with you, but please understand that it's really only completely relevant to me because I created it and I can only know myself just like you can only know yourself. So what I'd like you to do is if you get anything out of what I say or what I teach or what I'm singing or what I'm you know, teaching you, if it resonates with you, then first interpret it within your own frame of reference, okay? Change it so that it matches who you are. And then decide if you want to take action. Mm -hmm. Because then and only then will this help you. Otherwise, you just keep spending money because all these confident experts are up on stage going, hey, I'm wonderful. Look at me. I'm rich. I'm this, I'm that. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. Don't you want to be like me? Yeah. Well, you can if you spend $10,000 on my getaway, on my retreat, on this. Sure. The truth is, though, you may be able to become like them, but not if you follow their blueprint. Only if you treat what they're teaching you as an inspiration and then you reimagine it for yourself. Then if you act on it, that's when you will benefit. And on that note, <laughs> I'm going to ask you how people can get in touch with you. What are the best URLs? Are you on social media? Well, they can get me on Twitter uh, at the Mori Method. Mm -hmm. So Mori is M-O-R-R-Y. Yep. In case anyone's wondering, not M A U R Y. <laughs> yeah. I don't do daytime. I don't do daytime talk shows to decide whether you are the father. Uh -huh, okay. 
Okay, now don't ask me how I even know about that. Oh, I, anyway. I remember that show. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was depressed for a lot of years. Mm. Okay, remember that. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. uh, or they can uh, reach me. I have uh, two Facebook pages, either uh, facebook.com forward slash Maury Zelkovich. That's my personal page or facebook.com, the Maury method. Mm -hmm. Again, uh, they can reach me by one of my websites. They can go to either the .com or my newest creation is available at quantummindmethod.com or they can call me at 416-876-7939. And if you're outside of Canada, you need to put a number one in front of that. And they can also send a psychic message. A psychic the message. Probably they'll send you too. a vibration. That's what they'll do. Just vibe me. <laughs> Just, Just vibe, vibe me. I'm you. happy guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Maury. I really appreciate your talking with me today. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I just hope that your listeners get something out of this. The the most important thing that I like to give is the, you know, a slightly different way of looking at things so that whoever hears this might be able to see their life in a different light mm -hmm. and reimagine their existence so that they can truly be happy. If I can just give you one quick thought. Sure. I think nature has given us all a red light and a way of judging our lives. I call it the red light on the dashboard of your life. Mm -hmm. And if you're happy, it's because you're thinking and doing the right things. If you're sad or something else that you might call negative, it's because you're not thinking or doing the right things. This is not something to be mad at if you get sad or angry. It's something you should be grateful for because it's telling you something is amiss and you need to change something. Mm -hmm. So please stop misinterpreting what you call, you know, when we call something bad, we don't learn from it. But if we call it an education, then we learn from it. Yeah. So I'd like people just to reimagine the way they accept what happens around them and take it more as a lesson and then let your amazing mind do the rest. You'll be amazed at how close you are to whatever you want to be right now. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please take a moment to give the podcast a review. It's greatly appreciated and super helpful. Until next time.